and welcome to the Parenting Severe Autism Podcast. I am your host, Shannon Chamberlain. I'm so happy that you're here with me today. Well, we're halfway through January in the new year of 2024, and, you know, we're still going through the same stuff. In this episode, I wanted to touch on some of the things involved with being a legal guardian for an adult with severe autism. So before we get into that, please make sure you know how to access all of my episodes. I keep them hosted at Buzzsprout. So you can find me at PSA, short for Parenting Severe Autism, PSA.Buzzsprout.com. You can also find my podcast on most of the hosting platforms available. However, on Buzzsprout, I know that you can find my transcripts and a new AI description and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. And you'll be able to support the podcast by clicking to buy me a coffee or buying some merch and things like that. If you have any questions for my upcoming episode with my son's dad, he was parenting all by himself before we met. That episode will be coming up very soon. And if you have any questions for that, please email me at contact dot parenting severe autism at gmail.com. And also, if you have any other questions or comments, you can send them over there. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page and follow me there. It's just Parenting Severe Autism Podcast on Facebook, and that's just a page. <laughs> Please forgive my social media ignorance. I'm really not all that into it, but I try. <laughs> so yes, first of all, I just wanted to, I guess, give a heads up and also complain about some of the responsibilities that are placed on you as a legal guardian of an adult with severe autism. Every year, I am supposed to report to the courthouse, and usually it's in February. They want the report by February 14th. I've been counting on that every year since he was 19. They send me an envelope and they say, return it to the courthouse on February 14th. They actually white out the word by <laughs> and choose to write on in handwriting on the on the letter. So I've been conditioned for several years to always get it to them by the second week of February. This year, first of all, the letter from the courthouse came in like November, and now they don't want it until May 18th, exactly on May 18th. And why would they choose to change the date for me to report? And the report is actually about how his money is spent. That little bit of money that he gets from supplemental security disability income, whatever it's called. He gets a little money every month and I'm supposed to explain to them how his money is being spent. And that's not a big deal. It's fine. But it's just one of those things that comes on every year. And now they're changing the date and screwing with my timeline. At the same time as all of this is happening, I also have the insurance company calling his dad, my spouse, calling him, wanting to have a phone conversation and re-up on all the information as if something is going to change and he won't need the insurance. I don't know. What is the point? And then also I've got someone from what's called the puns list in Illinois calling me at the same time of year demanding an appointment with me because he's on a list that used to be 30 years waiting list for services. <laughs> and we signed him up because it's our responsibility to do that, but we don't plan to be in this state for 30 years 
And now they're saying, you know, in one of my episodes, I said that it's down to about three years, but we're actually at about five and a half because they didn't call the right phone number for two years. So yeah, those people also make me re-up all the information every year. Is it just me or does that feel like re-victimization of the family every single year? Why do we have to go through this every single year? year to talk about how freaking disabled this child is. I'm really tired of it. It's It goes on all the time, even when we lived in Wisconsin, every single year, not to mention all the doctor's appointments for everybody involved. You know, you got to keep up with all that stuff. And now I got this stuff. And I absolutely hate it. I just feel like it's constant re-victimization of the family members and the caregivers. This situation with his severe autism is not going to get better. Yes, we need the services. Why don't you just make a permanent yes check mark on there and leave us the hell alone? We have way too much to deal with. Now I have to play babysitter with you. Now, this one lady actually has the balls to get snotty with me in my voicemail because she calls during working hours and then wants to know why I'm not answering the phone. And then when I call her back during the hours she's supposed to be available and she doesn't answer the phone in her office where she says she is working, I leave her a message that, hey, why don't you just tell me more about why you're calling because I didn't understand your first message. I don't know what list you're talking about. Whatever information you need from me, why don't we just get to the part where we make an appointment? Because with this back and forth, we're never going to get anywhere. Let's just move past this initial outreach and make an appointment if that's what you need. If you need my time, let's get it scheduled. And she calls back and of course I miss the call and she says, yeah, I agree with you. If I keep calling you and you just refuse to answer the phone, we never will meet up and we never will get this resolved. (laughs) These fucking people have no idea what it's like. They shouldn't even be allowed to work on cases like this. You know, it is absolutely insane that I have to deal with this as a caregiver of a severely disabled person. I'm sorry, but that is my first complaint. And I wanted you to know that in case you are caregiving for your child who's not yet an adult, these are things that you get to look forward to. And I just don't want anyone to be blindsided if we can help it. So we, you know, right now we've had a huge storm system moving through. We've had two winter storms coming through here and it's been going on for over a week. So we have all of that fun stuff to deal with. And it seems like now, you know, he just turned 23. So now at 23, his energy related to storm systems and stuff almost seems like it may be starting to change for the moon cycles and the storm pressure cycles. He seems to be perhaps less violent with his behaviors and instead more of a non-stop nervous energy. You know, he will not stop all day kind of energy and all three of us are exhausted because of it. (laughs) Me and dad are exhausted for about 10 days while Jacob seems to save it all up and he seems to recover over about two or three days just sleeping really heavy and long. I don't no, he feeds off of our, he just sucks it out of us and puts it back out into the universe and it's just, oh, it's totally exhausting. Jacob turned 23 December 19th and as you know, we don't celebrate Christmas. We normally celebrate his birthday. He he insists on a chocolate cake and a yellow cake being baked separately and <laughs> we do all of these things and we do the childlike 
birthday party with, you know, all the kid stuff that you would go and get from the party aisle. That's his type of birthdays, just like you guys, I'm sure. We received no contact, once again, from any outside family members for his birthday. It's not a landmark birthday. It's just 23, but it is a celebration that he's alive and well and that we're grateful for him and nobody reaches out. So, you know, yeah, we're getting used to it, but it's still a slap in the face at the same time. Unfortunately, this was the second year in a row where we were unable to celebrate his birthday on his birthday because last year his dad had COVID on Jacob's birthday and this year his dad had a severe fever on Jacob's birthday. His lasted for three days and then I got a fever. My fever was higher than his. This went on between the three of us for over a week, but Jacob's fever only lasted about two hours. By the time he he came around with his fever, we had it locked down and I was, you know, with all my herbs and stuff like that. So that was nice that he didn't get so sick, you know. But we felt terrible because last year, you might remember, we were hoping to take him to the hotel so he could swim and have a pizza party with us at the hotel and the COVID wouldn't allow that. And this year, we were both so sick, we couldn't do anything. His party did eventually happen, but we were so run down that we actually only baked him one cake. He still has the other cake mix in his cupboard and we just, you know, we just haven't been able to do it. We didn't do any gifts. My dear friend did send a gift for him early on, way before his birthday. And he's just been in such a mood every time he's available and we're all available together. He's just been in this really, really terrible, yucky, ugly mood. And it's just not a good time to have him open a present and play with it or get it on camera or anything. He's just been a really ugly ogre for a while now. It's been over a month and before his birthday even came around. So I don't know. Eventually we'll get there. But yeah, we feel a little bad a little bit guilty, but this is what's going on. So, you know, he still does get about six hours a week at his day camp that I've mentioned before. We're so grateful for that day camp. And, you know, the other day I asked him, how many kids were there with you at camp? And he said, December, December. That is what I got from him. Every once in a while, I get so discouraged. I like last night, I got so discouraged and I do frequently. He is speaking so poorly and there's there's no end in sight there's no help there's no services no respite you know and i was just suddenly overwhelmed by tears of despair and impending defeat like i just was slapped in the face with the reality of this defeat right around the corner no matter how hard i work to help this boy no matter the things that we do and the calls that we make and all the appointments and everything no matter what it just seems like you know defeat is right around the corner and it just seems so pointless why why am i fighting so hard for him to accomplish something somewhere he has no opportunity and he is not interested in developing himself i don't know if that's the right way to describe it but like i said he used to have words not a lot but he had some and now I've told you before, his speech is so messed up, the way he's curling his lips around his teeth and putting his tongue... I I just don't even understand. I, I can't understand anything. And yet last night when I was slapped in the face with this defeat and these tears just started streaming out, it was because he was saying a two-word phrase to me and I couldn't understand him. I, I tried and tried and tried. And sometimes it's, I'm giving him a hard time and I'm making him work for it, making him say the words. But no, it's not like that lately. 
lately, he seems like he thinks he is saying the words. And I can't understand him to save my freaking life. I stood there with him for several minutes. We were really trying to communicate with each other. And it was just two words that he was saying to me. And I didn't understand. I couldn't make heads or tails of it. And I finally figured it out. And it was so pointless and so such a dumb conversation. (laughs) I don't even remember what the two words were. But I like him to know that anything that comes out of his mouth is important to me. And I worked so hard with him just to get those two words understood. And they really were just dumb. And it was just a stupid conversation. There was no point. I didn't even have to work that hard. But I don't want him to know that, you know, and and so I cry. I just told him tonight he was in the bath and um, I gave him his medicine while he was in the bath. At 23 years old, he's in this bathtub for about 30 minutes before I get up there to give him his medicine. And I go in there and he's pissed off that he's hot. He's in there. He knows what to do. And he's just sitting there pissed off because he's hot in his hot bath. So it took for me to say, oh, you're hot? Yes. And I said, well, okay, what do you do then? And then for him to begin at that point, releasing water and refilling the tub with cooler water. So I showed him how, you know, he wanted to do them both at the same time. And so I said, well, let's let some water out first. And then, of course, you know, plug it back up, then put cooler water in there. So we go through all of that. Now, you know, we're looking at about a five minute job here. And as soon as it's done, he wants to get out. It's so aggravating. I mean, I just, you know, ugh. so then he gets out, he does his thing. He hangs his wet, soaking wet towel on the back of his bedroom door and then puts his warm, cozy, dry robe right on top of this towel. He's got several little places he can hang stuff on his door, but he just put the dry robe right on top of the wet towel and wants to go to bed that way. And then... While I'm in the bathroom, he's supposed to be getting his clean underwear on and going to bed. Just get in the bed, right out of the bath, get dried and get in the bed. I'm in the bathroom and I told him I just have to pee and I'll be there and I'll I'll tuck you in. And he would not, at 23 years old, he would not put himself in his own bed. He stood at the bathroom door hovering like Gargamel from the Smurfs, just hovering there just standing there and talking nonsense through the door. And I got, I got aggravated. I opened the door and he's right there in my face. I'm like, you're supposed to be in bed. You know, so I told him, you are grown. You can put your own self in your own bed. I can still come and give you a kiss, but you don't need me here for you to get in your bed. Sometimes he can talk, you know, and he says, whoa, 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 take it easy. (laughs) And I just was so mad because he's so, so needy and dependent and helpless. And I am so discouraged and sad and exhausted and hopeless. I just need a little participation from him. He is not physically disabled. It's so aggravating. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking I'm going to have to take my job down from three days a week to two days a week because his needs are, they're just so demanding. His needs are so great. And his dad's trying to do this comedy stuff. He's getting paid gigs. He's doing really well, which is one reason why we haven't gotten the new episode out with an interview with him. I'm trying that social media marketing stuff and he's doing this other stuff. And we're We're trying so hard to make a future for our son. I don't know what's going to happen to him. I haven't, his dad and I have not enjoyed any of our lives together because we're just enslaved to this autism. And yeah, 
It's a little selfish sounding, but don't we deserve to enjoy our lives at least a little bit? We already know we are never going to get the empty nest syndrome thing. We're never going to have that. But this child won't even man up enough to allow us to all take a family vacation. Damn, we're lucky that he's not in diapers. But, you know, it's so hard. It is so hard. And I don't have any encouraging words for anyone this time around. I can't believe that he answered a question of numbers with the word December. I don't know what to say or do right now. I just wanted to share these experiences with everyone out there. Well, the good news is that he has not been destructive over the past two months, and uh, thank God for medical cannabis gummies. I can get him pretty high and pretty happy, but he does require two doses a day, which is still a lot. I don't need that much. (laughs) We do try to keep him involved with his dad on the YouTube channel, so he'll be doing some singing and things like that. And no, you can't understand him at all most of the time, but it's fun for them. And he gets to watch himself on TV after it's all uploaded and everything. So again, that channel is on YouTube. It's called Burnt from birth. It's got a lot of the comedy on there, but you can see our son and his dad interacting together. So if you're ever in the mood for something like that, watch out. It'll get you. It makes me cry. They're not sad. It's just they're tender and I don't know. <laughs> it might make you cry. Everybody loves those up those uploads though. Please, if you have any questions for my spouse as a single father in the early years with the diagnosis of the autism and the therapies and everything that came after that. And as I mentioned before, the advocating that he did for Jacob all by himself with all the different schools in the area. If you have any questions on that kind of stuff, please email me at contact.parentingsevereautism at gmail.com. Next episode's coming up soon. I'm not sure if it'll be the interview or if it'll be something right off the top of my plate. (laughs) I hope you guys got through your holidays okay. I know that it's really hard. Winter itself is so hard when there's nowhere for this boundless energy to go. For us, we're just stuck in the house and hopefully you guys have something, some kind of outlet for your child and for you. And if not, I'm right there with you. Hang in there. You're a superhero.